This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. This insert sponsored by Mana Health Products, the only 100% natural organic supplement for blood sugar control. It's time to spend uh, some quality time with Wendy Christin, health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Morning, Wendy. Good morning, Brad. You good? I am. How are you? I'm, are you bloated? Not at the moment, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Somebody's saying, sis, Bradley, you can't ask anybody that. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what we're talking about this morning. It's part two of what causes bloating. Last week, we started off. For those that didn't join us, could you imagine? If you were next to Wendy, she would have slapped you, Bradley. Um, uh, what sort of question is that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Wendy, we touched on what causes bloating. Do you want to just run us through very simply where we started last week to give those who didn't join us just a bit of a heads up as to where we're at in our conversation? Yes, so we said that um, bloating is a common symptom, so many people suffer from it. Um, and the people that have occasional bloating, Excuse me. And then there are people who seem to just be bloated all the time. Doesn't matter what they eat, what they drink, whatever it is, they, they seem to be bloating. And there's common reasons for that. So either um, we're gulping in too much air with the food that we're eating, or we're eating too quickly, we're drinking fizzy drinks, chewing, chewing gum, or we don't have enough digestive enzymes. So we don't have enough of the enzymes that are necessary to be able to break up the food that we're eating. So therefore it ferments and it creates gas in our stomachs. So we were looking at a few kinds of food that cause bloating. Can you run us through that list? I know we only got to carbohydrates and sugars last week, so we're going to pick up uh, from where we left off. So could you just run through that list for us so people know what to expect? Yes, so we have the carbohydrates and sugars which we discussed last week. We have dairy products, we have gluten grains, we have sulfurous foods, and we have lectins and FODMAPs. I said it last week, I can't wait to find out what on earth FODMAPs is, but I'm glad you're with us to get us through this. So we spoke about carbohydrates and sugars. Let's uh, pick up where we left off, Wendy, and look at dairy products, something most people consume, putting it in their tea, they're having a yogurt with their breakfast or one at lunchtime somewhere along the line, and that might just be the start of it. Help us out there how dairy causes bloating. Okay, so dairy products contain a sugar called lactose. And many people can't break that down. So many of us just don't have the lactose enzyme, which helps us to break down lactose. Um, and lactose products, lactose-free products can be helpful if it's just lactose that the, that's the problem. But lactose or dairy products have two components. So they have the caffeine, which is the, 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 one of the proteins, and it has the lactase. Um, so if we can't break down either of those, then we should avoid dairy products completely. And, you know, some people say, but I don't mm. have much dairy. I just have this little bit of my tea, and I have a little bit here, and I have a little bit there. But if you add it all up, it's still enough to create an intolerance yeah. and, and gassiness or discomfort throughout the day. Here's a big one. It's gluten. Everyone enjoys a good sandwich. And uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, gluten-free, Wendy. That costs a lot of money to buy gluten-free bread and gluten-free products. Yes, and I've said this many, many times, but if, if we suspect that we are gluten intolerant, rather try and avoid the gluten altogether. You don't have to substitute with, with a gluten-free alternative. You can if you want to. They are costly, um, and many of them are not nice. Mm. But if you try and change that meal or that habit completely, so instead of having a sandwich, have a salad or a soup or you know something different or last night's leftovers, mm. Try and have a completely different meal that makes it a lot more affordable. 
replace pasta with potatoes or with rice. Mm. You know, there's other ways that you can go about doing that. But many people are sensitive to gluten. They're not necessarily, they don't necessarily have like celiac disease, but they can have many gastrointestinal and not just gastrointestinal symptoms. We, we, for the purposes of this talk, we're talking about bloating and gas and you know constipation, diarrhea, that kind of thing. But other people have totally unrelated symptoms that can also be gluten um, related. So the, the common symptoms with gluten on the gastrointestinal tract would be things like constipation, bloating, a lot of discomfort and pain. I mean, a lot of your IBS symptoms come from gluten intolerance. Uh, Wendy, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of other foods as well that cause these problems. Just want to jump in here and ask, uh, should we start eliminating certain things? Because if we look across this, we're all having some or other of these different combinations, as you've shared, for carbohydrates, sugars, dairy products, and gluten, and we've still got a few more to go. How do we, how do we know which one is responsible for the bloating? Do we have to start eliminating keeping a food diary like we've spoken about in the past? Is that the answer? A food diary is always a very helpful thing to do um, and often eliminating groups of foods. So uh, what I like to suggest is you eliminate gluten grains and dairy together uh-huh. because sometimes people eliminate one or the other and they say, oh, but I don't notice much of a difference. If you, and, and, and if you eliminate them for long enough, so at least four to six weeks, and then you can start adding items back and then you can see how does your body react. But it can take up to three days for your body to react. Mm. So you might think, oh, today I'm getting away with it. But in three days later, you start realizing, oh, I'm not feeling so comfortable anymore. Then you know, okay, I need to continue to eliminate that food. Uh, with a dairy um, intolerance, people generally have more diarrhea than they have constipation or uh, you know, other things. They then notice immediately, the minute they cut dairy from their diet, they have a remarkable um, difference. And then if they start having it again, that diarrhea hits them almost instantly again. So then they will have a good idea that they need to eliminate those. When we come to the next group that we're talking about, the sulfurous foods, I'm guessing we've got that one in there that often gets the blame, and that's all Mr. Cabbage. Yes, (laughs) yes. So people say, oh, I can't eat cabbage and broccoli and those kind of things because it it bloats me. And yes, they do, but it's because of the sulfur in there. And if your body can't break down the sulfurs, in your cruciferous and your allium vegetables. So your cruciferous are your broccoli and your cabbage and your Brussels sprouts and your um, cauliflower. <clears throat> and your allium vegetables are your garlic and your onions and your leeks. So um, many foods are also then preserved with sulfur dioxide. So that, that's an mm. unnatural form of sulfur. Um, and then also you have things like wine and dried fruit and um, bottled lemon juice and salad dressings that also have those preservatives um, of the sulfur dioxide. So because the body, the liver's involvement in, in sulfur breakdown as well as the gut, um, it creates this gas that builds up and then you can feel very bloated and uncomfortable. This is a tricky one because these are all things that we know we should be putting in our diets. You know, the cauliflower and the Brussels sprouts and broccoli and that. These are, mm-hmm. these, are, these are good things. So this becomes one of those tricky things where this is now more individual to say, okay, I can't have those as opposed to we shouldn't have that. Am I right? That's right, yes. So this is very much more individual than, than the more broader ones like the gluten and the, and the dairy. But certain people can tolerate them well. Some people, there's, there's a lovely supplement called molybdenum which you can use with these um, cruciferous vegetables and allium vegetables. 
And so you can use it like you would with your digestive enzymes, mm. and it helps to break that up, which then um, makes you able to eat them without the negative side effect because we do want the benefits from them. They are very, they're a very important food group in our diet, so we don't want to be eliminating them unless there's a true allergy. And, you know, you know, I eat garlic and this or that happens. Um, so there, and there are individuals that just can't capture it. Um, but in, there are other ways that we can get around those. Yeah, so we can pick up the, the rest of this conversation next week, Wendy. But I think this is a time for us to say we don't have to be uncomfortable. Eating should be something we enjoy. We're fueling our bodies. We know what we like to eat. And uh, it's about enjoying these things within limits, as we often share here on a Thursday morning. But this is more about not about saying these things are bad for you necessarily. It's also saying some of these things just don't fit well with your constitution and you need to figure out what those things are because we shouldn't live uncomfortably. We should enjoy our food. No, we shouldn't. And I think we need to be more in tune with our bodies. We need to know our bodies and we need to understand what makes us feel good and what doesn't make us feel good. And if we can get that balance right, then we'll feel a whole lot better generally. So we're going to have to wait another week to find out what FODMAPS is. But we're a patient bunch, so that's okay. Uh, Wendy, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for walking us through. I think this week is particularly important because dairy, gluten, and many of these sulfurous foods are part of every day's, everybody's daily intake. So uh, it's a very valuable conversation. It will be available as a podcast for you later on this morning. Find it on kpulpit.co.za. Always enjoy spending time with you, Wendy Christian. Thanks for your time today. It's a pleasure. Have a wonderful Thursday, Brad. Until next week, Wendy Christine is a health coach and wellness practitioner. If you want to connect with her, you can Google and find her. She's at Integrated Health Solution in Durbanville. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.